Welcome to Material, a show about the Google and Android universe hosted on the Relay FM network. This episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace. I'm one of your hosts, Yasmin Avian, and joining me as always, my wonderful co-hosts, Andy Anako and Russell Ivanovich. Hello, friends. I am full of wonder today. Thank you for noticing. Oh, I think that's the second time Andy's made that gag for uh, listeners out there. But I have to know, Andy, you were on the video just before you popped up. Something's going on with your hand. You're, you're doing this podcast injured. I, I admire Andy. No, we have a policy here. Uh, no person left behind. <laughs> Andy, Andy was insistent. He's like, no, leave me. Leave me go. We're like, no, Andy, we can't. We can't leave you here. I have one really cool-looking skin knuckle on my left hand. Uh, I got a, uh, got a, my first cycling-related injury since getting a beautiful new Trek 7.2FX bike last week. Uh, and it'd be cool if I left it at that because then you think, oh, well, he, it, was, it was either go into oncoming traffic or run over this puppy that seemed to be lame and, 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 and abandoned or just, you know, just take it right over the bridge and just fall. Uh, actually, well, what happened was that uh, one of the – one of the uh, uh, one of the uh, to use the youth vernacular, one of the dope arse features <laughs> of this bike is a really cool like basket in the back on the back rack. So I just done some shopping and was unlocking the bike and was top heavy and was tipping over. So I grabbed it to stop it from tipping over. And there was because there was milk and stuff in there. It actually just pulled me over. So as a, so I broke I broke my hand with my fall, oh. so I didn't get hurt. But of course I'm holding onto the bike, so it's like I landed knuckles first. Ouch. The most important question, how is the milk? The milk Did the, the milk, milk was intact. The milk was fine. The milk was still good, whole. Good, good. And not even <laughs> I didn't knock any of that lovely luscious fat that we're going to need to get through the next 3 weeks of February. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad you're able to make it because we had some listeners write in and to tell us how much they loved your singing and they were asking, "Hey, I heard the t-shirts are coming, but what about karaoke? Is there going to be like a, a karaoke at I.O. or is there going to be some, you know, uh, material's greatest hits that's also going to be released at the end of the year? I think we should wait for – we definitely want to do that. We definitely want to have a good catalog of titles. Like that's what makes Rock Band uh, such a great game. Uh, but uh, we are listener-supported, but we don't try to hit you up for too much money. So what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to wait out some of these great songs until they pass out of copyright. So 73, maybe 78 <laughs> years from now, we're going to have a really great app for you guys. Assuming the copyright laws don't change, which, which you know, they have in the past, but we can wait it out. I think uh, we've got the time. We, we also had some listeners email us to say it's the first time they've ever been rickrolled while walking down the street. So they, they weren't in the YouTube app. They weren't clicking Success! links in their, their Twitter app of choice. No, they were just listening to our podcast and they're like, Rick Roll. I think they enjoyed it, actually. In fact, um, we had someone from Europe comment that uh, <laughs> yeah. they had no idea that Gunther had made it all the way to the USA, Yasmin. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, we're, we're a very international family. I guess we can <laughs> well, just say We're that. very well read. We try to be. <laughs> I do just want to clarify yeah. that I wasn't trying to annoy you, the listeners. I was only trying to annoy Russell. <laughs> I think we had so much positive feedback from that, Andy, that it could actually be like a ratings winner now. This this could be like your there thing. You, you know, we'll take requests. We'll have a we'll have like if if you uh, we'll, we'll if we do like a Kickstarter sort of thing, like at the top sponsorship level, we will the three of us will come and we will play your wedding. Yeah, or your birthday party, or your bar mitzvah, whatever. We're we're up for anything. We 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 will we will insist that we get to approve the set list, but we will we will play your wedding. It's a it's a. It's the quinceañeras we have to get, you know, when Mexican uh, women, Latinas turn 15, they have a quinceañera and it's like a giant 
party. It's almost like throwing a wedding, and that's get us the material crowd. For I see, I, 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 we've already established that I'm playing hurt, and I'm, I didn't mention it. I didn't cry about it. I still don't think that I'm strong enough to stand up to 16 year old girls in a room who are who all insist that this be their magical <laughs> night. I don't think that I've got that much fortitude. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I, just, I, I, I thought I was I thought you know black leather shoes. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll change them out for sneakers. I'm sorry. Okay, don't hit me again. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're right. I'm scum. I'm scum. Why do I even? I'm sorry. I think you're right, Andy. We're going to have to start small. So we, we start for, with uh, listener requests for this podcast. Send, send them in if you've got them. And then we work our way up the uh, the so-called charts. I mean, if we can be the, the number 74 top podcast in the world, I, I think we can be at least in the top 50 of, of karaoke podcasts. If that helps us get those like General Motors sponsorships, great. Let's do it. We do it for the fans. I will. I will disavow this bike, which in, is, you know, in, in many ways, a bicycle creates more pollution than a finely made modern General Motors car, especially these wonderful hybrids and plug-in electrics. <laughs> Just think of the comfort. And this week's episode is brought to you by One day. GM. One day. <laughs> we're doing. We're not doing. We're One not doing day. commercials on spec. To. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Don't work for free. Tell that to all the creatives. <laughs> I, I do actually have a, a way to tie this back into uh, to Google and Android. Sp- speaking of cars and GM, I don't have a GM. I have a Volkswagen, but I got all excited, Yasmin. As you, as some of you might know, Pocket Cast was actually a launch partner um, on Android Auto. So I think we were one of the first 12 apps on there. We had our logo up in the, the keynote. It was very exciting to, to be sitting in the, the front row for that. But, but I've never actually had Android Auto in my car. They they sent us a um a head unit a long time ago. And we hooked it up here in the office to like a, an inverter thing to give it power and to a fake handbrake. And we put all sorts of switches and dials on it. So it's really a lot of fun. We're like, we're driving a car. Look at us. But I've I've never actually had the experience of, of having it in my car. And so I was looking at this head unit thing. I'm just like, hmm, you, you, know, you know where this could be useful. I could take this and I could put it into my car and so i i've begun the uh, the journey on this on this process so i the first thing i did is i've installed stereos before but a long time ago back when it used to be you know to have two wires going to one speaker and you have two wires going to the other speaker and you have some power wires and that's it like stereo hooked up and i, I pulled the stereo out of my uh, volkswagen and i'm looking at the back of it and i'm like golly gosh there there are a lot of wires in stereos now there are steering wheel <laughs> controls there are there are wires in there that i have no idea what they do and so I did what every good nerd does. I went online and I started doing some Googling. And so I've bought a whole bunch of bits. I bought a bit that converts the Volkswagen bits to some more standardy bits, for want of a better word. I bought a bit that converts the Pioneer um, bits to more standardy bits. And in theory, when all those bits arrive later this week, I plug them all in, I stick the stereo back in, and I have the magic of Android Auto. So I don't know if that's actually going to work out. If it does, I might post... You know, a bit more about it might might get less and some more details. I could also fail miserably. I, I could get all these bits and be like, these don't plug in at all. <laughs> and now my car's on so, fire. So right now, are you driving around with just like the Android Auto unit inside of your dash, but it's not connected to anything? <laughs> no, there's, there's literally <laughs> a giant hole. In fact, I took my kids to um to school this morning and they're like, Daddy, what happened to your stereo? I'm like, don't worry. Dad, Daddy's on this. I've got this. <laughs> the first thing you got to do, because this is the first thing I did when I got Android Auto, I said, okay material play material podcast <laughs> and then it just magically magically started playing material and it was probably like the coolest thing ever because i was like oh my gosh i am playing my podcast where i'm talking about google and android on an android auto unit like this is awesome it's probably one of my favorite moments 
That's what you're going to do. They should make that part of the, the intro tutorial. You know how like a lot of services have like, you know, here's, here's three things you yeah. to know before you get started. Number three should be say the following phrase just to test that the, the voice control works and our podcast plays. I like it. Let's do it. If you're listening to Android Auto Team. It's good, it's good stuff. I was, I was just this afternoon, I was, uh, uh, I, was, uh, uh, I was sitting on a bench outside uh, waiting for a friend to like finish whatever they were trying to do where they were with the place they were going. And it was, it was a nice like little like uh, downtown area and a woman across the street charming, charmed the hell out of me. But every time I hear somebody actually using uh, Google now or Siri, it's like, I just hear, Oh, and she said like, okay, okay, Guillermo, uh, where is the, and then my own, of course I had my own Android phone in front of me and it, didn't quite pick it up, but it's it just it's sort of like when a dog like thinks it hears like the mail truck coming, but it was just like a UPS truck. So like he, it's so Google now is like ears are sort of like perked up. It lifted up and then put his head back into its paws. It really was kind of cute. Oh, <laughs> it's funny that you said okay, Guillermo, because I was listening to Latino USA, which is one of my uh, favorite podcasts, and they talk about different uh, news that you know with Latinos, and they were they did a test on Siri and okay. Oops, sorry, I just said it. <laughs> and okay, material recognition, and the Google actually won. Like Siri, it was just it was hilarious. It was like. Siri was just trying to say Spanish words, but then completely butchering them and just saying English words instead. And uh, Google actually picked up a lot of the words and it was actually really fun to listen to because I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Google picked that up. And they even had uh, one of the engineers from Google talk about why, okay, <laughs> <laughs> why the voice activation of Google works so much better. And it's because it's actually always learning. It's picking up uh, information from search and from your contacts. So if you have a name that maybe is not found in the English language as often, it will search through your contacts to kind of see like, oh, that person exists. So that that's probably who they want to talk to. Um, so it was really neat to see. And one of the cool things was saying that Google is always learning from location based. So in Arizona, Texas and California, where there's a lot of Spanglish going on, it will learn to kind of pick that up. And so it was really cool to hear that, you know, that's what makes Google so awesome. It's that it's continually learning from the users. The more data it has, the better it has to create these experiences. So it was really fun. And I was like, yeah, go Google. And it was just, I felt so bad for Siri. It was pretty I have to bad. Say, Siri has gotten a lot, a lot better recently. Like I, I run the iPhone a lot, like for, for the work that I do. And it has, that has also improved significantly. I have found one thing though. They've got this feature now where you can say, hey, Iris, I want to say. Um, and it'll activate. And I think that's now maybe on by default. And it's also trained to your voice. So it'll, it'll try and listen to, you know, the particular type of voice you have. And we, we found one awesome thing you can do in the office. There's, there's only four of us and we were testing like all, all our different phones. And I found out if you say it in a really high-pitched voice like, hey, Iris, it seems to work almost every time, no matter like whose voice it's trained to or what. So if you're in a crowded office right now, I need you to stand up and I need you just to yell at the top of your lungs, <laughs> hey, Iris, and just see if uh, anyone's phone on obviously you have to you have to flip iris backwards because i don't i don't want to set off our friends phones but i think that if, if it just occurred to me that future generations are gonna think that there was some sort of superstition amongst podcasters kind of like how 
actors are not allowed to say the name of the Scottish play on a stage. Like, I, I don't, it's like in 2113, for some reason, they, they didn't want to say, okay, and then the name of this company, because it was a company that had all this information on them, and they didn't want to be tracked by them, I think. And no, it's because we don't want to accidentally turn on everybody's phones. Um, but the, you're, we're talking about uh, uh, getting things to uh, interpret things and pronounce things right. Uh, there's a tip that a lot of people aren't aware of. If you go into contacts, uh, every, there's actually an optional field for your, each of your contacts. You can actually give it a phonetic pronunciation of its name, of this, of a, a company name or something like that. So that if you do have a you know a Bonfiglio, <laughs> Uncle Bonfiglio in the family, you can actually just write out B O N F E E G L E E O. And then if it doesn't see a match, it will say, okay, let's listen for these sounds instead of looking for B-O-N-F-I-O-G-L-I-O. Uh, yes, my parents, my, my grandmother was Italian. Uh, and it will work and it'll work just fine. And you can actually also, if you if your if your loved one is stupid enough to have entrusted you with the PIN number for their phone, you can actually have a lot of fun so that essentially uh, you'll have like the name of the uh, name of this person's like uh, hair salon, but you can change it to, uh, you know, like you can change it to the name of your son or the name of uh, some sort of emergency room or some sort of tanning salon, so that phonetically it's, you're giving it the wrong information, and the person will never find out why it's screwing up until they hand the phone to you and discuss, and then you save the day because you're this genius. Oh, well, damn it! You know what? You 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 ran into like a, a vulnerability patch, but don't worry. I'll have to I'll have to edit a p list, but I can probably fix this for you, no problem. <laughs> of course. I get to choose the toppings on pizza the next time we order out for in exchange for this. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely one of my favorite fe uh, features is because I have a lot of mats in my phone. And now, you know, my husband's name, my husband's name is Matt. And so if I were to say, okay, material text Matt, it would be like, which one do you want to text? So I just changed it to say husband, text my husband. And just like magic, I don't have to choose which Matt it chooses. So uh, those, those things really do help. Because they're, they're, sometimes you just have a lot of people with the same name on there. I get that a lot for Yasmin. There's just like a ton of Yasmins all over the world that I happen to have their number for. Yeah, I hear there's a Yasmin club that, that you're part of. The, <laughs> the top 100 Yasmins in the world. <laughs> Another fun update that was uh, announced this week was that Google now, now, or Google Search now has a Google Australia voice. So that was really fun. And of course, all our listeners like were messaging Russell, like, guess what, <laughs> guess what? You know, they now have Australian boys, which of course I had to put it to the test because I was like, you know what? I need to ask Google Australia if Foster's is, is Foster's Australian for beer? I can't even say it now. And so, <laughs> oh, you and have so, to talk about that for the rest of the show. That was amazing, Yasmin. <laughs> A little, little bit British, but and so, we'll let it slide. A little bit, yeah. My my Australian's British, but you know that that works out because I heard there's a lot of Brits in uh, Australia, so I think it works out. And so Google, I asked Google uh, Google Aussie, and she was like, "No, Foster's is not Australian for beer." And then I asked her about putting some shrimp on the bobby, <laughs> and she was saying it was hilarious because her answer was like, "No one actually says that, uh, but it's actually a thing that Americans made up, and in in their reality, they see this like bar." barbecue party and it had like this picture of some Australians in the 90s cooking shrimp on the barbie and they're like this is what this is what Americans visualize when they think of this but no one in Australia actually does this so Google Aussie is 
is all for you listeners, all you Australian listeners under there. She understands you and she's uh, advocating for you. But I'm still going to just keep on bugging Russell about fossas and, and shrimp on the body because it's just so much more fun. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. I've, I've got to hear Andy's Australian accent now. <laughs> I just have to. Andy, can, can, you, can you top shrimp on the bar, eh? Um. Well, uh, we're, we're overlooking one of the biggest disgraces that uh, America ever inflicted upon the uh, national culture of your country. Apparently, there was some sort of pro wrestler or roustabout sort of fellow by the name of Jocko. Uh, and the and the Energizer Energizer Battery Company hired him to do a series of commercial in which he just like holds up a giant uh, uh, battery and says, "You got one of these, then get one of these. It lasts longer than all the rest." <laughs> and so I I can't I can't think of a if 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 we've already tossed our cards on the table that we Americans are doing things that just don't make us look very good uh, in terms of our knowledge. I've got to say, I was extremely disappointed. So Yasmin's like, oh, how do I get this voice everywhere? What do I need to do? I'm like, well, you go into language preferences, you set it to Australia, and now now you have the voice that, that I have. And Yasmin's like, excellent, excellent. And then literally 30 seconds later, she's like, why are the dates all backwards? This is horrible. Change it back. <laughs> so I just, I just want to side with... All our European listeners, all our Australian listeners, all our Asian listeners, pretty much, I think it's the entire world, except maybe the USA, <laughs> it goes day, month, year. I, I don't want to start an argument, but that, that is the correct no! way to, uh, to do Oh, dates. my gosh. We can't start another controversy. Well, also, also when, you, when you tap an action button, it spins in the opposite direction. Exactly. <laughs> oh, we're full of cliches. No, we we'll, can't. Well, for, for, for our next show, you can download a PDF of all kinds of ignorant American Australian cliches. And remember, if you, it doesn't count unless you get them all in a row. You don't get the payout unless you get all five in a row. It doesn't matter if you could just get five. So, someone's going to start material podcast bingo. There, there'll be a koala. There'll be an Australian accent. There'll be karaoke. And, uh, complaints yeah. about Skype. <laughs> yeah, complaints about Skype and uh, more complaints about Android and then talking about how much we still love it afterwards. Indeed. But I, I heard you have an update for us, Andy, about the 5X. Yeah, a lot of people wrote in about this. They're like, I also have a 5X and I'm having the same issues as Andy. Andy, is there a way to solve this? I have found a, I found a solution and I'm using those words specifically because it's uh, that, of course, is the way to force this fix that I created to stop working if it's going to ever stop working. <laughs> And so, uh, and so, but so if it still is working after this, then I know that it actually works. So here's, so here's how, uh, uh, it, it's just frustrating to tell that if you didn't hear our previous episode, I was complaining, 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 justifiably, might I say, that uh, the camera app in particular on the 5X was just so slow to open and then so slow for the shutter button to activate and then so, so slow to do anything that most of the pictures that I had taken over the past few weeks had been blurry pictures of my shoes. Uh, and had there been audio, that photo would have been accompanied with my cursing saying, what the hell is going on with your stupid camera? Is it even on? <laughs> so finally, uh, I, I, I I started the dull, horrible process of trying to find what was going on, debugging something. So step one was to reboot in safe mode. Uh, everyone knows if you hold on the power button, that gives you the power off uh, button. But if you tap and hold on that, it turns into a restart in safe mode dialog. Uh, and so if you tap OK, it will restart and it will only load in the stock Google apps. So it will still be a working phone. It's not like you won't be able to get texts and phone calls. You'll, st you'll have the Chrome browser, you'll have email, you'll have uh, 
again, any, you'll have Google Fit, you'll have Google Music, everything, the Google Play Store, just nothing other than that. And I'll be darned, that problem went away. And so I ran it as, <laughs> it was just like running an iPhone like in 2006, <laughs> 2007, before any apps were available. It's like, everything's working great. Of course, I can't do anything fun whatsoever with this, but everything's working great. It was, it was, it was fun to run Twitter and to run everything else like through the web clients. But I ran it that way for three or four days and the camera button was, the camera was working absolutely flawlessly. So what I did next was uh, I made a backup list of every single app that I had installed. And as you can imagine, I had a buttload of apps installed. Not only am I careless about deleting stuff that I'm not really using anymore, but also I test a lot of apps. So I had lots and lots of stuff on there. Uh, so out of 170 installed apps, I removed all but 90. Uh, and the sad thing is, the sad wow. thing is that these were the 90 that I felt that I was actually using, that I actually kind of needed. Uh, uh. Oy. Okay. So I, 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 not not like hid them. I mean, I actually uninstalled them from the device and then uh, went back, restarted it. And it's been about four or five days and it's still working perfectly. So uh, the other interesting data point was that as I discussed, I got a new bike last week, and so I did download the Strava app, which is this GPS app that will track like your running and your biking and stuff like that. Uh, installed that, and almost immediately the camera problem came back again. So that's a pretty good indicator that it might be the operating system, it might be the CPU, it might be the architecture of the CPU, it might be the less amount of RAM that the 5X has, but it definitely has something to do with apps, apps that are running in the background. So if you have this problem, I would start off with, again, re reboot it in safe mode to see if that fixes the problem. Run it that way for a couple of days, even though it's a couple uh, difficult, if nothing else but to steal your resolve that this is not a permanently screwed up phone and uh, Android 6.01 has a defect in it because that was something that I was worried about. Maybe it's just the, the system update. And then start putting apps back in. Uh, and the ones that you should really be careful about are the ones that interact with GPS. Uh, so navigation apps, mm -hmm. maps apps, uh, uh, fitness apps, uh, tracker apps, a lot of these apps. And if I were more sophisticated, I would have run a, uh, I would try to download console logs. There are a lot of apps that run in, that stay running in the background, even though they don't seem to be doing anything for you while they're running in the background. Like I said, it's not like I had the Strava app running all the time. I just simply had installed it. And once it was installed, that's when things started to get the borkage sort of came back in. So, uh, Definitely try that. Uh, it's it has it has changed me from being really upset with my phone and coming really close to having a Nexus 5X shaped dent in any of three walls in my office and or a broken window to once again loving this phone that I loved the first week that I was using it when I was just testing it out. So definitely give that a shot. There is one other interesting um, side of that. So it, there is a difference between the way apps run on Android and the way apps run on iOS. So one of the most amazing features of Android has always been that as a developer, um, you have a lot more freedom in how you build your app. So you can make it respond to all sorts of system events. Um, you know, you can listen for someone plugging their headphones in. You can listen for Wi-Fi disconnections and reconnections. Um, you can hook yourself up into all sorts of things when the power is plugged in. But this, this does have a massive downside. If someone hasn't written their app properly or if they're a bit eager... Um, as to the kind of things they listen for. So 
potentially what can happen is an action can happen on your phone and, you know, five, six, seven, 10, 20 apps could all get woken up and be like, hey, 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 this action's happened. What do you want to do about it? And if those, if those apps aren't <laughs> smart about the way they deal with it or they just, you know, they just assume that they're the only app running on the system that does, that can really sort of slow things down. And I think a lot of people aren't aware of that. They think oh, I've closed the app and now the app's gone. But the problem with Android apps is that they can, they can wake themselves back up and they can also wake themselves up based on a whole bunch of system activities. So I haven't had a chance to check, but I do wonder if actually you can hook your app up to, you can definitely hook it up to the screen turning on, which could be related to, you know, the camera. So it could entirely be, you know, your screen's lit up, your phone's turned on as you've launched the camera and 20 different apps are like, oh, cool. Now, now I get to do some stuff. Andy's awake. Andy's awake. Yeah, let's, let's <laughs> yeah. do some things. And Google is really trying to bring um, the band hammer down on this. Every single developer thing that I've seen recently um, to do with Marshmallow has been all about, hey, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. We have this new um, fancy power management thing that if you need network requests, you can hook into that and we'll wake your app up basically. We'll say, hey, now's a good time. Andy's plugged his phone into power. He's not using it. Go download, you know, n- knock yourself out rather than I'm just going to wake up every 15 minutes or every time Andy turns on his screen or every time Andy plugs in his headphones. It's it's just one of those things about Android. I did see uh, the last thing I want to say, there was a thread on Reddit. It wasn't very scientific, but someone had installed the Facebook app and they, they were just measuring the, <laughs> exactly. Probably one of the worst examples of, of, you know, bloat on the Android platform. It is, I don't have anything against the Facebook platform. I think uh, Zuckerberg's done an amazing job there. You know, people love it, but the apps on all the platforms are just, they're not that great. And this, he, this person did a test. They're like, okay, Facebook app installed. Here's how long all these different activities take. Okay, now let's pull the Facebook app off. And all the activities were faster. Let's put the Facebook app back on. All the things were slower. So like I say, it's not a scientific test. It could entirely be there was other factors there. But it does, when you consider the architecture of all these things, it, it makes a lot of sense. And I think that's something Google still has a, a long way to go on. They're, they're definitely working on it, but you know, there's, there's still a ways yeah, to go. That's always been a signature difference between Android and iOS where uh, Apple clamps down, just really beats up developers a lot in that no matter how good this idea is or no matter how consistent it seems to be with uh, Apple's guidelines, they're going to say, nope, we decided we're not going to let you do that. Uh, whereas there's so much freedom as a, as a consumer, there's so much freedom to change things around on Android. But of course, the closer the 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 the, the fewer laws you have, the few the more uh, outlaws there can be. Um, what I wanted to ask though is, does the, uh, the I know that the camera is one of the most CPU intensive apps that are part of the stock Android kit. And is there something in the power management system of Android that says that uh, it creates an opportunistic sort of thing where? Uh, if the CPU is lit up anyway, other apps say, well, look, I'm not, I'm not allowed to light up the CPU, but I'm waiting for an opportunity where if you've already powered up the CPU anyway, please let me do these three or four things right now. And so if it's like 14 different apps that are trying to get the CPU's attention at the same time because you've launched the camera app uh, and now it's, it's in power burning mode, is there something like that going on? There definitely is a thing in, in Android 6 Marshmallow that... Um apps can hook into to say, yeah, basically the, the network's on, the, the CPU's alive, the phone's plugged in. It's it's not, you can't be as specific as that. It's more like I want to do these things, just let me know when a when a good time to do these things is. So I, I don't know, you'd think if Google was being smart, they probably wouldn't hook that up to the camera launching, but it's entirely possible it's just a side effect of that. You know, you've let up your phone, the CPU's on, the, the radio is there active as it's trying to get your GPS location as you're taking your photo. Maybe it's also waking up other apps. You know, for example, Strava, might want to know where you where you are at that particular time, and because the GPS is lit up, you know, Marshmallow would be like, "Hey, you know, here, here's the location." I don't, 
I don't know for sure, but that, that framework definitely exists. So it could be they just haven't optimized for that, you know, around the camera sort of area. We, should, we, need, we, need, to, uh, we need to go to commercial because we've been having such a good time talking about this. If, God, there's such a – the one thing that is so consistent in advice on every platform is don't install any Facebook software if you can possibly get away with it. <laughs> it's like I, 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 I have Instagram on my phone and I don't love even, – even there, I don't love the fact that I have it, but I hope that because some of its code was written outside of Facebook, it wasn't – it's not like at the molecular <laughs> level designed to just suck CPU and battery. But every single time I do an analysis or read someone else's analysis of the Facebook app, it's like, that's why I'm not – I'm getting 80 minutes less battery life. And that's why this is – this app, this other app is taking so long to launch. And it's like – Ugh. And and to say, to, to say nothing of not simply not wanting Facebook to be able to see where my GP where I am and ugh, I just don't like them. yeah I I got to say that that's that's the case even in iOS so you talk about how stringent Apple's backgrounding requirements are and how much they bring um, the hammer down on things Facebook still skirts a lot of that stuff but there, there was something about a month ago back that was they said oh you know it's it's a bug that they were basically <laughs> launching and then and then playing silent audio so their app would basically hang around forever. Because the system's like, oh, this, this app is playing audio, so I've, I can't kill it. I've got to keep it active. And they were adamant that, that was a bug, but you'd pick up people's phones and you'd be like, yeah, battery usage, Facebook, 35%, you know, turned off. You're like, what? How, how does that even work? I know there was, uh, it was a couple of months ago, but Facebook released like a, an app for a lot of their markets where they don't have like the like free Wi-Fi or access to Wi-Fi. So their network speeds are a lot slower. And so they actually created a like uh, a Facebook version of the app that didn't utilize so much of like the network. And I think the assets that they provided were a lot uh, smaller, like bytes of information. And so that they saw an improvement because they're, de- I think it was like their developers and like their Android team went into some of these rural parts and, and uh, the world and realized, oh my gosh, like this is a terrible experience for our users to be using this Facebook app that we have because not only does it eat up a lot of their data, which they may not have, that's going to cost them a lot of money, but it's like just slow because the phones that they're running it are, are not that powerful. And so I wish that they would take some of those things that they did for that, for that version of the app and like bring it into the, the app that they released to all the other, all the other countries. Cause it's like, you know, maybe that would like create a better experience for users. And I, and I think so much like developers and designers and everyone that's creating stuff for the mobile phone, so much of their time is spent on the desktop and they don't test it on their own devices. And so they're not experiencing the app the way their normal users are. And so that's why I'm always like, test your app, go <laughs> like actually use it the way your users are going to actually use it because you're going to find a lot of things that are like, Hey, that's a pretty crappy. We need to fix it. Actually, I can't help but actually ask, given that we were talking about Russell finally getting Android auto in his car. Do you think, are you anticipating that you're going to start to learn something about how your apps work since it's not a device that's on your desk? It is actually something that you're going to have to be operating while you're trying not to hit poor technology journalists on bicycles <laughs> oh, and, I, and I other think I've like already that. sent them all my bug reports. <laughs> no, we this is yeah, so this is the interesting thing, right? We um we worked very closely with the Android Auto team. In fact the one of the people, one of the developers there was he was so keen to, to use our app, he was using it on all these drives to, to all these different things. And it's funny the kind of things he sent in though the really small things that we just didn't even think of. He's like, just just a small thing, you don't have to fix it if you want to. But when I plug my phone into Android Auto and I fire up Pocket Cast it actually doesn't refresh. Like it doesn't, you know, load the latest podcast off the network. It doesn't, and that's simply because our app is designed so that when the 
the app launches, it'll refresh if it needs to, if it decides there's been like enough time since since it hasn't. But Android Auto is a separate part of our app. It's like a separate small service that fires up. So you haven't actually fired up the main part of our app and mm. we just hadn't even coded for that. I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's a good point. There's no user interface on the screen. There's no there's no anything like that. It's just a backend service that, that we run. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, we should refresh in there too. It's just, it, it's a lot of little things like that. You know, there's some things that we put in there that, um, you know, this person would email us and be like, yeah, that, that's a good feature, but and you're like, oh, yeah, you're in a car. Like you don't, you can't just on Android Auto, for those that haven't used it, um, the resp- the touchscreens where, where they have them are not as responsive. So generally it's you have to tap to scroll down a list. So it was all about, you know, putting the most relevant stuff at the top and not just ordering it, you know, the exact same way you do on the phone. So I think having it in my car could even potentially take that to the next level. That's how I justify it to myself. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want to believe. Yeah, yeah. I need to buy a new car. I need to test out this app. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't go that far, but maybe one day. (laughs) And this episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code material at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. When it comes to giving yourself a place online, there's nowhere better than Squarespace. They put all the power you need into your hands and take away the pain points, like worrying about hosting, scaling, or what to do if you get stuck with something. With Squarespace, you can build a site that looks professionally designed regardless of skill level, no coding required. It's intuitive and easy to use, and it's responsive, so your website's going to look great on mobile, desktop, or tablet. Wherever you're looking at it, you're going to get a great site. Squarespace has a state-of-the-art technology to power your site to ensure security and stability. They are trusted by millions of people and some of the most respected brands in the world. But this is just getting started. Squarespace has a ton of awesome features like 24-7 support with live chat and email, and they have teams located in New York, Dublin, and Portland here to help you whenever you are stuck or need some help getting your website up and running. Squarespace also has a commerce platform which allows anyone to add a store to their Squarespace site, and they have a cover page so you can get a Great looking single page website. You know, some of it don't need something really robust. They just need to put something up there. It's a rock solid and fast hosting. It's so much more. And it's actually a really great price. And you can sign up for a year with a free domain, allowing you to choose exactly what you want your site to be called. Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month. And the great part is that that's usually the, the cost of just hosting. But with that, you're going to get a really great, des- uh, beautifully designed site. I used to do a lot of websites in, in my past. And, you know, I've had recently had a customer come up to me. He's like, hey, I need a new site. Can you help me? And I was like, I'm sorry, I just don't have the time for it right now. But please go to Squarespace. And if you use the material offer code, you get 10% off your first purchase, which is super awesome. So start a free trial with no credit card or card and start building your website today by going to squarespace.com. Squarespace, you should. Now, a lot of you might have been worrying about Google. Are they going to be able to make rent? Are they going to have to start charging for the burritos in the company cafeteria? Uh, Good news is that probably not. They seem to be doing pretty well. They had their uh, quarterly earnings call uh, on Monday. Uh, This is kind of a big one because it was not just the fourth quarter earnings, not just the 2015 earnings, but it was the first one ever since Google became a subsidiary of the Alphabet Corporation. Alphabet. Don't ask too many questions. <laughs> uh, and so <laughs> now this is this is uh, this is this is also like just a week after Apple did their earnings because of course you know, quarters ends, ends at the same time. Uh, it's always a little bit 
you know, gauche when like the fans of like Google and Apple are like trying to use these numbers as proof of of anything. I always every quarter like I'll I'll be patient, but then I'll see like everybody, especially after after the Apple call, uh, any even uh, like uh, journalists writing about here's how many Apple could actually buy BMW with just cash on hand. Here are the eighteen entire industries that Apple could now buy. And I always think about that. Uh, there's a, there's a sketch on a CTV. Dave Thomas plays like a, a Soviet minister of information standing in front of a huge like Velcro map of Russia, and he's got a table in front of him of like maps of like other countries. Now let's see how big Australia is. Australia is a entire continent. Must be pretty huge, huh? Let's put it on the map. And he slaps in the middle. <laughs> Russia is huge. You can almost <laughs> barely see Australia is so small. Compared to the majesty of Mother Russia. Oh, how about you people in Texas, the great Lone Star State? <laughs> That's basically a beach <laughs> resort compared to the hugeness of Russia. It's, it's like I, you know, unless you're invested in these companies, you shouldn't care what the what the numbers are. But we're gonna, but it's interesting enough, anyways. I'm just happy to be beating Apple. <laughs> exactly. So, so there's, <laughs> yeah, see. yeah, we, we we got our taste of that this week. Yeah. Like, Google, Google is the most valuable publicly traded company in the world. You see, it doesn't matter that my five so X camera is slow and doesn't work. You see. They're making more. They're more, the right more, they're, they're, they're more valuable company than Apple. So that was one of the bullet points that uh, after the analysis that they are now, uh, they are now the single most valuable publicly traded company in the world. Uh, there was a piece of news that if uh, sometimes it's fun when you're reading a news site to read the headline, but then read what the URL is because sometimes it'll have the original headline before it was changed. And one of them said yeah. Google briefly becomes more valuable than apple and then I had to change it no that seems to be permanently they seem to it wasn't it wasn't just for like 18 hours after the stock surge it was really the thing yeah i love that the only fact that makes them the most valuable company in the world is you you take some magical numbers so you take their share price and you times it by a number of shares and you add in some other sprinkly sprinkly magic and suddenly they're the most valuable company <laughs> in the world and like it doesn't i mean it means that like you say andy they're going to be around but I don't know how much else it means. I guess it means the stock market is also confident in their future abilities for whatever that means as well. Like it's yeah. just it's one of those things. Yeah, I, don't I mean, really it's just it's it's important to realize that uh, investors are looking at these companies with totally different sets of eyes. I mean, and it's easy to say, "Oh, geez, they saying they're saying cautious things about Apple, even though they've got the single most popular phone in the world." They're not really looking at how many iPhones are being sold. They're talking about is the business growing. Uh, and are they? Is the rate of growth better than what they expected? And on, on that, because this is we are giving, we are, we are investing the retirement money of several million people here, and so we want the money to do things that we expect it to do. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of silly. Um, it's there's some interesting things in the numbers. Uh, if you want to get technical about it, uh, I, what I found interesting was how they're going to. Uh, talk about the differences between Google businesses and other businesses. Uh, remember when they decided to restructure themselves, we were all speculating about here's reasons why they could want to do that. One of them is so that they can move money around a little bit. So if they are worried that the R&D on driverless cars is really, really, really killing their profitability, they can basically say that the 
we, the, the, we, our, uh, our, our self-driving car division is, of course, losing money. But look how much money that our search product is making. Look how much money our, our mail product is making. Uh, and so they did break these things out. Uh, they actually broke things out into two broad categories. Uh, the Google businesses, the stuff that you most closely associate with Google, uh, an 18% increase in revenue, which is doubly good news because uh, last year there was a 15% increase in revenue. So not only is it increased, but the the increase is in self-increasing. Uh, and then ominously, uh, literally everything else but those Google products is listed as, and I quote, other bets. <laughs> yeah, <And> it's <laughs> literally in, in capitals as well. Other bets revenues, yep. other bets operating loss. And you're like, really? Cool. Yeah. You don't you, you don't want to see like you don't want to see like bets. So they so basically they're they're putting they're they're putting all of, they're, they're they're putting all of the all, all the self driving car money on red and hoping to double it. Well, ju- judging by the losses I'm seeing here, they, they definitely are gambling at some kind of casino because yeah. they haven't come out in front. But I, I guess. Yeah, I, get, I, know, I mean, I know that's the that's the whole point. These are other things that could potentially succeed. Yeah, I don't know about calling them bets, though. It's like we, we're going to put a whole bunch of money into this stuff. Yeah, you know, if, if the, the table spins right and if, you know, Lady Luck is with us, then things may happen. It's, it's, it's kind of cool like on our end because when you see uh, the, the, the most positive thing when you're looking at Apple's results and Google's results is that you see that uh, they're making so much money off of their primary product uh, advertising for Google and the iPhone for Apple that you know that they have enough that that's such a powerful fire hose of cash that they can put a lot of research into things that might even be dead ends but they're interesting enough that they're worth uh, exploring and also hopefully uh, it's also worth Google that has so many different products it might you're, you you like to think that they got so much money and uh, that they're willing to continue to put money into something that maybe is not terribly profitable, but they know that there is a, there is support uh, for that product in the user base. So uh, really, uh, when you're looking at numbers like this, all you're looking to see is uh, are they going to be are they healthy enough to continue to make good products, and are they healthy enough to continue to support the products that I've already bought? And I don't think anybody was worried about <laughs> about Google there. <laughs> no, I mean the other funny thing that I don't read a lot of. Um... Uh, shareholders reports and investor reports but the funny thing is they often leave off zero so there's a lot of reports that are listed in thousands or things greater than thousands and i'm like this balance sheet looks just like the one for our company google google isn't that valuable at all and they're like oh okay you gotta add zeros in the end i, yeah. I, I get it now and the other uh, so the, the, more, the more interesting thing for uh, i think for people like us uh part of that uh, collection of reports involved uh, well it's, it is award season uh, handed out the Golden Globes, the uh, the Producers Guild Awards have already been handed out, uh, the Screen Actors Guild Awards were last weekend, and the gala non-televised event in which Google releases its annual report on their security rewards payouts. Uh, this is the program that they set up a few years ago to both uh, reward security researchers who point out flaws in Google products, but also... Uh, they also pay out grants for just straight research, uh, as Google said in one of these uh, releases, I think, that we also want to encourage people to test out a area of concern, and they want these people to be paid and incentivized, even if it turns out that there is no vulnerability there. Um, and they, it breaks out a bunch of details. Uh, they said that they paid out uh, $2 million last year to over 300 people for over 750 reports. Um, Android was re, uh, Android was added to that specific reward program back in June, and they point and Google said that they paid out over two hundred thousand dollars in that category alone. 
Um, and this caught my eye, including a single $37,500 payment to just one researcher. Um, and then there's uh, <laughs> there's a table that reminds me of the sort of like frequent flower, flower miles rewards program, like what you can cash these things in for. Uh, that here's what you'll get for like each one of these things. And so maybe it's just, you know, OCD or something. Uh, of course, the, the colloquial, I shouldn't say OCD because that's an actual thing. But there, there's, there's something about the mind that says, Okay, so what of these numbers will add up into $37,500? So one exi- one solution to this would be uh, <laughs> remote a, a remote code execution involving applications that allow taking over a Google account. That would have been worth $20,000. Plus unrestricted file system or database access in a standard Google app. That's for another $10,000. And then you round off that $7,500 with logic flaw bugs leaking or bypassing significant security controls in Gmail. So don't know if that's what he did, but that's how he could have raised. Uh, uh, that's how he could not 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 uh, not uh, uh, not Tesla S money, but definitely Nissan Leaf money, and that's still still a whole electric car. Yeah, I kind of want to know the history behind this. Like, uh, are the people doing it on their spare time, or is this something <laughs> they're really kind of dedicated and doing? Because if I was doing this on a spare time, that would be a really really nice bonus. Yeah, and they, they go through all sorts of different rules, like. Um, you know, if if you report it first, then technically you're the the first person to 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 get the reward, and a whole bunch of other things. Like for example, if let's say you think you found an exploit and you tell them about it, and it turns out that that exploit is actually far worse than than you thought, then it'll actually add money on top. So, yeah, it's quite an interesting program. I also love that there's some very googly bits in here. Like you'll notice some of the figures start with one three three seven, which for all the uh, young hip people out there is leaked. <laughs> there also there's goog spelt there as well, like six thousand and. <laughs> Six, I think it is. It, it, $6,006.13, $6, which was paid yeah, to Sanmay Ved, who owned Google.com domain for about a minute <laughs> because of a, <laughs> of a glitch, which was fun because when he said that he was going to uh, donate to charity, Google said, okay, let's double it then. <laughs> yeah, see, and like I said, I'm not a business reporter, and other people are fascinated by all these numbers, and they can find real truths and insights into these numbers. I'm more looking for like things like uh, looking at the security uh, reward, the vulnerability reward program. Of course, I wound up looking at the actual formal rules uh, that are, of course, on Google.com. And so there's a section called qualifying vulnerabilities and saying, well, here's the stuff that we're kind of looking for. We're looking for any design or implementation issue that substantially affects the confidentiality or integrity of user data is likely to be in scope for the program. That goes on to say that note that the scope of program <laughs> is limited to technical vulnerabilities in Google-owned browser extensions, mobile, and web applications. Please do not try to sneak into Google offices, <laughs> attempt phishing attacks <laughs> against our employees, and so, so on. I think that that means that people actually tried to do that. <laughs> that if, there, if there's a way that we can break into the offices, put some put some malware into like the 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 the, the repo for 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 Gmail, it's like no, we 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 have people who check the locks on the doors, and we have people with guns and tasers. We don't we don't want to see like are the tasers effective against programmers who might not get enough exercise or sunlight because we want to test the tasers against professional thieves who know how to run. <laughs> One of my other favorite uh, things in the rules is that there's a question here. So there's a question and answer at the bottom and it's my employer slash boyfriend slash dog frowns upon security research. Can I report a problem privately? 
But I, I love that there are a whole group of dogs out there that are like, security research. That sounds a lot like hacking to me. <laughs> I am dog and this is bad. Um, <laughs> and if, if you do want to know more, you have to attend, I, I kid you not, this is the real name, Google Bug Hunter University. Is is where you go to find out more about how you report these problems. It's it's really well. It's it's really cool because they're trying to turn it into an ego thing. There's actually just a a constantly like mathematically updated Hall of Fame for people who report like the best bugs. So they're trying to get. It's like the opening of Iron Chef with every single one of these programs are trying to (laughs) win the praise and ovation of the people forever. Oh, he's in Chrome. What is he doing? Ah, yes, he's he's adding some cross-site vulnerability scripting. Ooh, where's this going to go? That that would make a really cool show. <laughs> that actually so, that actually would and be fun. The rewards program at the end could be like part of the game show as well. So you do the you do the hacking. You have like an hour of hacking, and they do the, the close-up videoing. They may have a few celebrities sit on the the bench and commentate on on what's going on. And at the end, they they present them with the the cash reward. I really do think it's great though that. Be- they're, that they have these programs in place that really make their products a lot more secure because the, the developers can only do so much. And like one of the always things, if you're developing something, you always have someone else kind of test it out for you because there's going to be things that you miss just because you're, you've been in the code for so long that you're kind of like not even thinking about some of that stuff. Um, and one of the th- ones that I found that was actually like a pretty big bug was what that Camille found an issue in YouTube Creator Studio, which would have enabled anyone to delete any video from YouTube by simply changing a parent uh, per- per- parameter from the URL, which <laughs> so that's just pretty That's a pretty bad. big bug. Someone just changes the, the video ID and boom, <laughs> video gone. Yeah. And so I think it's pretty cool that uh, it in- they encourage people to kind of go out and seek these things and hey you know, don't do anything malicious with it. We're actually going to give you money. And like you said, uh, Russell, if whatever you you reported actually leads to a way bigger bug that you didn't even know, we're going to give you more money above that. And so they're really into, um, you know, encouraging people to, to find those bugs and give them money. And I, I, I want, I think I'm going to become a researcher here because I really want a check that's for $6,006 and 13 cents. And I won't even cash it. I'll just frame it. Just so that I know that it says Google. Well, you can take a picture of it and send it to me. I'll happily catch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not above that, Yasmin. No, just put it behind glass. Well, no you one know, will tell well, we all know. Just... Well, we all know that Yasmin keeps her little Android figurines and boxes. So <laughs> this, is, this is something that would happen. <laughs> yeah, Yasmin's husband sitting down. He's like, Yasmin, I don't understand. You've been working now for like many years, but there's not there's no money in her bank account. Yasmin just takes him to the the wall of fame where every single check she's ever received from her employer is just it's just mounted in a frame so look at it. and glorious. that's when i solved that bug and that's when i fixed that it's problem a and that's when i thought <laughs> yeah no, you can't unwrap it it's mint you're like Mar- you're, you're like marina abramovic only you actually have coding skills <laughs> in this structure i will be debugging a php stack <laughs> And this is where I found out that our users really had a really hard time trying to add this to the basket, and that was awesome week. I will also be dressed in the skin of a boar that I killed myself. All right. I can Uh, can tell it's probably time to to start winding down the show. We've reached peak awesome here. But there is one other news story I really quickly wanted to talk about because if for no other reason that it interests me, there was a a story on Draw With Life. It's just just a rumor. But there, there are sort of rumors starting to service that Google could potentially be taking over more of the, the Nexus line. 
And when I say taking over more, I mean more of the production side of things. So the, at the moment, the way the Nexus program works is Google goes to a manufacturer. Like recently, they went to uh, Huawei and LG. And, you know, they work together on building a device. And generally, the device is, is loosely based around a device that that manufacturer has already made, you know, at some point in the past. Um, and they put it together. But it, it sounds like they want to go one step further. So they actually want to start manufacturing their own unique line of phones. So, you know, where Google has complete control of the, over the hardware. I guess the closest thing to it is probably the Pixel program, if you think about it. You've got the Pixel C. Um, what's the Pixel laptop? Well, it's just called the Pixel, isn't it? The Pixel? Yeah. Yeah, so it, it, you think about what happens there is Google brands that and they also do all the hardware design. So there's there's no other, you know, tablet out there that the Pixel C was was based on. It's like, no, this is a Google design and it's it's kind of going out there in the world. And the, I don't know, the thing I find fascinating about this is Android is such an interesting ecosystem. You know, there are so many things that come up every single year that it's not like Android is doomed or it's about to go over a cliff, but there are, there are all these potential hurdles you can see, like the, the rise and fall of Samsung and, you know, what happened to Motorola a few years back and just so many little things. You're like, this always feels like a house of cards. It, it, the cards might be super glued, but it does feel like you take out too many of those cards and the whole, you know, stack could kind of fall over. So I wonder if that's part of the the incentive for Google doing this. I don't, I don't know what you two think. It's it's kind of interesting. You, you, see, where, you see where they're going with this. I mean, remember that when Android was first launched, they were uh, the whole point of it was that we are just creating reference standards, we're just creating basic software, and we're hoping that people will uh, use that freedom to build awesome things. And a lot of the problems of the first three, four years of Android were just because people were doing things that either were awesome in ways that didn't help the platform or outwardly selfish in ways that didn't help uh, the platform or the consumers. And the platform really started to take off when at, when uh, Google started saying, here are some rules for developing. Just We were talking earlier today about how apps are misbehaving and causing other apps to crash and not, not do well. And if they had more control, as Apple did, uh, users wouldn't have these bad experiences. Um, that said, however, geez, I mean, like Samsung is right now the only phone manufacturer, the only Android phone manufacturer that's really making money. The rest are either marginal or they're seriously on the ropes. Like they need a, they don't just need to do okay. They need a big hit in order to be able to stay in this market. Uh, and if I think that a lot of manufacturers are already a little bit miffed that Google is selling the Nexus line of phones anyway. They're kind of okay with it because they know that there's a chance that they will get the contract to manufacture uh, whatever the next generation is going to be. But if they simply say, no, we're not going to use your stuff at all, uh, we're going to design this all in-house, we're going to take all the money from this in-house, and now we're you now the market becomes Samsung that makes everything, including rice cookers and refrigerators, and you're competing against them. You're also competing against Google, who has the advantage of having intimate knowledge of what the direction of the platform is going to be. This is this might be the time when LG and HTC said, okay, we're done. There's a lot of there are a lot of people in India and other parts of Asia and other parts of the world that are really super interested in buying $75 feature phones that don't necessarily run Android at all or any other operating system. We're going to start making money where we can try to do that. Yeah. And I mean that's that's the other weird thing about the Android ecosystem is you have companies like Samsung that have been wildly successful. But Samsung at Google seem to privately come, you know, to loggerheads a lot. You know, there, there are things that Samsung does, like they build out their entire suite of apps. Like you've got S Health, like S this, S South, S everything basically, S Cloud. And they're basically trying to 
you know, differentiate themselves as much as they can. At the same time, they're, they're, they're building things that contrast against, you know, what Google's trying to do with Android. And they can because they're, they're the biggest player in the market. And I, I bet you this is something Google has thought about, you know, long and hard. I don't know whether they're actually going to do it. You know, it's still a rumor. But you're right, Andy. There is a scary line there that I think Microsoft, um, you know, beat themselves up over a lot is that if we start making our own hardware then what are what are all the small sort of partners that we work with? Like what's the HEC going to do? What's what's LG going to do? They're going to look at that and go, well, okay, now we're competing directly with the people that give us the operating system and they have some unfair advantages that we don't have. So do we even still want to be in this market? Like is this still something you want to do that? It could potentially be an amazing thing for Android. It could also, you know, it cause a lot of lot of hassle as well. As a pure Android user, of course, like this story kind of gets me really excited because it could be one of the first times uh, that they start really building a phone that is to the quality of what a iPhone would be because they would be controlling every segment of it from the hardware, from the software. And I mean, the Nexus 6P is an awesome phone. Yes, there, there is still some issues with it, but for the most part, they have control over the software and they're going to give you an update pretty quick. Now, imagine if they were also controlling the hardware, like the experience would just be top notch. But the other part of me fears this only for a little bit because it there is a potential for it to remove one of the things that I love so much about Android, and that is the accessibility of it. From anyone can get a phone that's running Android for you can get one like for as low as a hundred dollars, even less, to get a you know really expensive phone that can power all the apps that you need it to, and so. It would be a shame that if they introduced this high-end phone and it did kill a lot of the competitors like HTC, or not, I, sorry, they're not even competitors, but at that point they would almost become competitors, that the manufacturers that are creating these phones that are running, an, you know, that are running Android, it's like, what does that do for those people that cannot afford a, a phone that costs the same price that maybe a Pixel device would cost? Um, so I so I think there's plus and, and minuses to both of it. Um, again, would Android do something that would kill all those manufacturers? I don't think it's in their best interest to do that. But um, who knows kind of what the future is for them. I will say one thing that I, I want this to happen if only because I would love to own a phone that has one of those rain bar bar, rain bar, uh, rainbow bars on the back of it and have it cycle through. I want it to boot up and show me that those beautiful LED rainbow colors. And I want it to cycle in colors when it has something to tell me about. Uh, it sounds really, really stupid, but what I love about the Pixel, I love many things about the, the Chromebook Pixel and the other devices, but I would have to say that, yes, having a rainbow bank of LEDs is somewhere <laughs> high on that list. You you would need to have two so you can do double rainbow. Yeah, like or, or even like at the, 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 the top edge, uh, not having a curved screen, but having a, like the, 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 the top uh, uh, the top shadow line, let's say, of the bezel as you're looking at it. Uh, could be a row of like micro fine LEDs or even the way that uh, Apple used to like just micro laser engrave uh, uh, light pipes in the in aluminum to just allow a, a light behind it to pass through without looking like it was a cutout for an LED. And so you have this thing face down on the table, but then suddenly it's, you know, it's rainbow colors or it's now it's like a green you know emerald city sort of thing and you know that oh look it's my girlfriend who's calling i'm definitely i'm definitely going to interrupt this meeting in order to talk to my girlfriend because the <laughs> meeting is not going well and i want to talk to somebody who loves me and still thinks i'm i'm, I'm actually intelligent i i remember when uh, i think it was 
when I was looking for like the Nexus 4 line and I was reading all the reviews of like different phones to get and they were some people were so upset that they had removed for some of the phones uh, the the light up just you know the little light that tells you it can be different LED. colors then sorry yeah the notification LED um, and I think did they get rid of that for the Nexus 5 is that when they got rid of it I think the 5X has it again doesn't the, it the new, the new yeah, ones the, definitely yeah, have they, it they I can't remember it if the old ones have it I think I don't remember if the Nexus Six or the Five had it, and people were like really upset. They were like, "We really need that notification LED." Um, and it's <laughs> funny because it is one of the things that I first like loved. I was like, "Ooh, I can tell what notification is is coming up by the color of it." And that was, of course, before they had their notifications on the sc- on the lock screen, so you could you know tell a lot faster what what notification you had. But I remember that being like a big thing. I'm like, "Ooh, it's shining red!" Like something my phone broke like i don't know what that is yeah i remember my um my sony ericsson had that as well so it was at the top of the phone so you could set your phone face down on a table and this little light would blink at you if you got like an sms or a phone call yeah. that that was waiting according to this article i've just googled it uh does have it does have a notification light and however although it is an rgb light uh, you have to root the phone in order to make it do cool color stuff so they oh. they, they they put something cool and awesome and they decided nope we don't want to make things so cool and so awesome that when people are not using the phone, their own lives seem dull and and lifeless uh, without it. So sorry. So I wanted to show you show you all this. So this is the recorder it's we're going to be using for listen. I know. <laughs> so <laughs> this <laughs> recorder. Hello, everybody. How's it I know, going? right? Yeah, Isn't it cute? I know he's Miguel the microphone. <laughs> I'm sorry that humidity has got my hair all fluffed up like this. I'm here to listen to you. Listen to every (laughs) word you have to say. So, so I got this recorder because I wanted to hear the listeners at Google I.O. We want to get some listener input. And so I ordered it right away because I was like, ooh, new gadget. I have to go get it. And then I was like, ooh, windscreen. And it's just this, <laughs> this windscreen that goes on top of the uh, recorder. And, it, the, and it's hilarious because it looks like a giant, like, Russian, like, big furry hat. See, and the fact that it has two, that like, the, the fact that it has, like, two pull-down loops that make it look like it's got ears, <laughs> that's not helping. <laughs> or it is helping. <laughs> If you yeah, want to exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying that <laughs> you either need to A, remove that and not use it, or B, add two googly eyes to it. You have no <laughs> oh, option that three. That would be awesome. I'll have to test the the um, audio quality and see if the googly eyes interfere with that. So that's what it looks like. It looks pretty cool. Uh, my husband saw it and he's like, whoa, what, what did you get? And I was like, I told you you got the recorder. And he's like, I didn't think it was going to look that cool. And then, of course, <laughs> I had to put the, the windscreen on top, which makes it look just hilarious. <laughs> it goes from cool to just weird, like instantly. <laughs> it just makes me giggle. And then I even got this like hand, like attachment for the hand. Like, I am so ready, Google I.O. We are, we are coming. Uh, Russell and I are going to be at Google I.O. and we're trying to see if Andy can make it out, but we want to meet our listeners out there and we want have some fun activities that we want to be interviewing Yasmin, people. Yasmin, late breaking news. This is a <gasps> hot off the press. Um, my airline of choice had a sale on just yesterday and I've actually booked my tickets for Google I.O. Woo! So I'll definitely be there. <laughs> so that, that is exciting. And so we'd love to meet our listeners there. In the meantime... Andy, where can people find you? As usually, the cost of access to the Andy and Otko Fun Flume Factory is to be able to spell my last name. Uh, you can follow me at uh, Anatko on Twitter. That's I-H-N as in Nancy, A-T-K-O. 
I guess means shoving shoving that into the camera lens, and I almost like want to start sneezing <laughs> because if I've got like a wool allergy, um, or you can go to my blog at anotgo.com, and that'll also give you interesting stuff. I've got, uh, of course, still writing for the Sun Times, uh, but that's usually where I post lots of links. You know what else that looks like is is a koala. It's got very koalary fur. Yes, it does look like a koala. <laughs> His name is Dross. And Russell. Where can people find you? They can find me putting razor-sharp claws on Yasmin's recorder thing to make it look like a scary Australian koala. No, you can find me at Rusty Shelf on Twitter, and you can find the company that I own and work for at shiftyjelly.com. <laughs> and you can find me at, at Yasmin Evian on Twitter, and you can find the show at Material Podcast on Twitter. You can even find us on Google Plus on Material Podcast, although I cannot say that there will be much posting on there. But hey, Wait, we're are still you there. checking that? Because and... I don't think I've ever logged in. <laughs> I, hope that, I hope there's not like <laughs> thousands of listener questions to be like, where are you? We can answer our questions. Where are you? I can't know. Yeah. <laughs> so don't go there to ask us any questions. <laughs> but if you want to be we our sh- friend on Material. We should run a poll. <laughs> How many Plus, of you are actually for- here? And you can send us listener feedback at materialpodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, we want to hear your listener questions, and we also want to hear from you and find out what you want on that T-shirt and any karaoke songs that you want us to take on next. And you can find us on the web at relay.fm forward slash material. Until next time, stay in material. And that's, yeah, that's why I remember. I, that's yeah, why I remember really looking at those like, like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Andy and Yasmin interrupting show. <laughs>